0: Well, I do um, welcome everybody here today. I do want to, while I'm thinking about it, I want to share something with you that I didn't know before. With Zoom, for those of you who are using the video feed, I found a feature when I was clicking around this morning that under your video settings, there is an option to share up to 49. You can click on it and then up to 49 people will show on your screen. So right now on my screen, I've got every one of you in my sights. I can see you all. Which is kind of a neat thing, uh, and hopefully, as I look and see you all, hopefully, I'll see some Bibles opening up here because that's what we want to do—is to see what God's Word has to say to us today. And it probably is a cause for singing what we're going to sing, what we're going to see today. Um, and the the title of the sermon is a cause for Thanksgiving, and it comes from an interesting book. Lamentations. As you look at Lamentations, um, I I can open up my Bible, my New American Standard Bible, and all all of us probably have perhaps some headings that have been placed in before each chapter or within the chapters. I want to pay attention a little bit to those headings today. Uh, Lamentations was written uh, most likely by Jeremiah the prophet that we had just studied as we were reading through the Old Testament here recently lamentations of course the word itself um, to lament a lament is you know you think of a lament as a song or a poem saying oh woe is everything you know it's gloom and despair and disaster so that's the book of lamentations and we've got five chapters of lamenting chapter one the new american standard has put in as the heading the sorrows of Zion, the sorrows of Zion. In chapter two, the heading is God's anger over Israel. God's anger over Israel. In chapter three, you get there and it says, Jeremiah shares Israel's affliction. While we're here, I want to go ahead and pause and read some of these verses uh, just to show how desperate the situation is for the author, and assuming it is for Jeremiah, it is Jeremiah, it is, um, you know, this is Jeremiah's affliction. Um, Chapter three, verses one through five reads this, I am the man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his wrath, and there is no doubt when you read through this, this is the rod of God's wrath. This is God's anger being poured out on people, and Jeremiah is suffering Through that also. Verse 2 He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not light. Surely against me he has turned his hand repeatedly all the day. He has caused my flesh and my sin to waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship verse 15 through 18. Verses 15 through 18, still in chapter 3. "'He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has made me cower in the dust. My soul has been rejected from peace. I have forgotten happiness.'" So I say my strength has perished, and so has my hope from the Lord. He writes with great despair. This is a terrible time for him. And for the, those of you who read through Jeremiah, and you, you think about all that happened to Jeremiah, the times that he was taken into custody, he was thrown into a cistern, a cistern. he was in the pit with, filled with mud, he about lost his life there. He was abused on many occasions because he was doing the Lord's work and sharing the word of God. So that's chapter three. Chapter four is entitled, Distress of the Siege Described. And for two years, the city of Jerusalem was surrounded by the armies of Babylon. And for two years, their food dwindled. For two years, they suffered, and as you read through chapter four, it's a chapter that when I get to one verse in particular, verse number 10, it about makes you, you just start crying on the spot when you read of the desperate situation. So it was a terrible situation, and it had been for years they experienced despair, And Jeremiah witnessed all these things. And then once the army came in, then there was the slaughter. Now in um, chapter 5, it sounds like it's going to be a little bit better, maybe a little hopeful. A prayer for mercy, Jeremiah pleading to the Lord. But I want to highlight the last couple of verses. He says, you, O Lord, rule forever. Your throne is from generation to generation. That's a little hopeful, isn't it? Little acknowledgment of the the power and sovereignty of God. And then, verse twenty. Why do you forget us forever? Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to you, O Lord, that we may be restored. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are exceedingly angry with us so the plea comes but we're left to hang and left to wonder will god answer will god save so happy thanksgiving everybody how about that you know what have you got you know you read through this and jeremiah did he have anything to give thanks for In the center of this book, right in the middle, where we read in chapter 3, right in the middle, you get to verse 18. Out of these five chapters, right dead smack in the middle is verse 18. So I say, my strength has perished, and so has my hope from the Lord. This is such a desperate situation that Jeremiah, he's at this point where it seems all is lost, and there is no hope. Have you ever been there? I think we've all had a time when we have been there in that spot where we think nothing could get any worse. I've had bad times before, but this is the time. This is, you know, life is futile. Life is tough. Life is, I just wish I had never even been born. Why do I have to deal with this? Life is like that sometimes, and perhaps um, this is the year that many people are experiencing that sort of um, feeling for the first time. Life can be brutal. It can be difficult. Yet when, even when all seems lost and there is no hope, the children of God can then stop and pause And recall the faithful love of God and give thanks. Go to chapter 3 again. Verse 18 was the one, you know, it's Jeremiah says, all is lost. There's no hope. Even my hope in the Lord, it's gone. Well, then verse number 19 continues. He says, remember my affliction and my wandering, The wormwood and bitterness. So just as he has said, I've lost hope in you, God. Then he starts talking to God and he turns again. He says, remember what I've gone through. Remember the difficulties that I've been through. Verse 20 says, surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. So here is the bowing down. Here is the in utter despair, turning to God, ready to cry out for help. Verse 21 then says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. After the utter despair comes this moment, face down on the ground, nothing else to hold on to or cling to, but then the thoughts turn to the truth, the truth of God, the truth of our Savior. And we have these words. I'm going to read these from the ESV. I learned a song growing up. So it's interesting this is the main part of the sermon and I actually could sing this. And those of you who um uh click the link in our in our our um messages for the daily scripture reading this past week perhaps you listen to this song called the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Verse 22 says The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. In the midst of despair, in the midst of the moment when you think nothing else could get worse, in those times when you know everything in the world has gone wrong, maybe when there's every ache and pain, whether it's a literal physical aches and pains or whether, whether it's some emotional ache or Some disaster that has come, a loss, heartache. In those moments, as we fall face down, let us remember that we can still, even in that moment, give thanks, just as Jeremiah did. May these words be ours. May we consider Jesus Christ and what He has done for us. Let us remember these words: the Lord's loving kindness. It never ceases. the The steadfast love of the Lord. This this word has said that is there. This Old Testament word for love. It's His. It's it's an enduring, faithful decision to love even when it's difficult. God is there for us. The Lord's loving kindness, it endures. And it is an interesting verse. If you notice from the scripture reading um, that was read by Brother Richard in his translation, there's a, it's an interesting passage here. They don't know exactly how it should be translated. There's some variations in some of the old documents, but um, the idea of his love, and then this idea of never cease it's either it's either his love never ceases or because of his love will never cease we will not be cut off either way you look at it you get the same thing his love it's always there for us it's there for us it will we will be kept in his love his mercies his compassions never fail his mercies never come to an end He is there for us. Verse 23, they are new every morning. Even even when we've had a bad day, even when we know it's going to be a bad day, we can rise and know that God's mercy is new every day. And in him, we can find hope. In him, we can find peace. In him, he can be our strength. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lord God is, man, if if we could, someday we'll get a glimpse, someday we'll, well, I think now we get a glimpse of his faithfulness, his love, and we kind of hold on to that, don't we? Someday we'll get to see him face to face and see the, the fullness of his glory. He is faithful to us. He loves us dearly, each and every one of us. And as was said in our communion, he died for the the sins of the whole world that's how merciful god is is that his and his faithfulness is that he died for the sins of the whole world he died to save everyone he is a faithful god and as we go into this week of thanksgiving and on thursday i hope this thought comes to your mind verse 24 the lord is my portion says my soul you know i ask you you know if somebody asks you on the street this week what are you thankful for oh i'm thankful for my family i'm thankful for my job you know we think of great things that we kind of take for granted sometimes but you know what if on that typical list of things we say we're thankful for, we're thankful for our home, we're thankful for our families, we're thankful for this, that, and the other thing, if all of those things are taken away, if they're all lost, like happened to Job, then what will you say you're thankful for? What will you say? If you lose everything, just like, In this passage, Jeremiah has lost everything. He has truly suffered. What will you say you're thankful for? And Jeremiah says, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is all I need. We think of Jesus Christ when we're down in those situations and everything seems lost, remember Jesus and give thanks for him. He is our portion. Nothing else matters. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Let us find our hope, our joy, our peace, our everything. Let us find it in Christ Jesus, our Savior. May we give thanks to him. May we give thanks for him. All right, on the outline, I did have a challenge, and it is this, is let the Lord be your portion. He is all you need. Let us remember that. Let us think about that this week. Give thanks for his steadfast love. And if there's anybody out there today who's not a Christian, I want you to consider the difficulties of life as God simply trying to get your attention God is reaching out to you and he's trying to say, don't focus on the things that don't matter. I'm going to take it away. I'm going to get your eyes off of the junk in life so that you can actually think about me and listen to me. Because I gave my son to die for you and you need to hear about him. You need to listen about the good news in Jesus because he died to save you. And if I have to take away all of the pleasures of life, the so-called worldly things that distract us, if I have to take them away to get your attention, then that's what I'm gonna do. So if you haven't accepted Christ Jesus, I plead with you today, and Jesus bids you come because He wants you to know that He wants to be your portion. He wants you, He wants to be in your life all that matters. He wants you to be the one that when people say to you, how are you doing today? You say, you know what? I'm doing great because I'm a child of God. I have a savior who died for me. No matter what the situation, you can find contentedness in Christ Jesus. So if you haven't given him your life, you need to act. You need to do so today. We're going to sing a song of encouragement, and I hope during this song that you will decide that you're going to talk with somebody, uh, get a hold of me later, or do something, but you need to find out who Jesus is and respond to him, give your life to him. So if anybody needs to do that, we're going to encourage you, and if anybody in the church, I think we all need prayers to remember that the Lord is our portion. So let us pray for one another, but if anybody has a particular prayer request, you let us know and we'll pray for you. If you re- need to respond in some way, you make the decision how you're going to do it as we sing this song.